Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is John Hunter Nemechek from Nimco Motorsports, and you're listening to Thursday Night Thunder on the Speedway Digest Radio Network. Hello and welcome to the October 1st edition of Speedway Digest Thursday Night Thunder, the most hardcore motorsports program on the internet. This is episode 191 of the series. I'm your host, Adam Jason Sinclair, and on tonight's program, Michael Mullally Kapawa and myself will be recapping the past couple of weeks of racing, previewing up on reaction, and discussing whether other topics pop into the conversation. Sophomore NASCAR Gander RVN Outdoors Truck Series driver Gus Dean will return to the scene and the site of his thrilling 2016 Arkham Maynard Series victory at Talladega Speedway, hoping to spoil the Truck Series playoff party in Saturday afternoon's Chevrolet Silverado 250. The Bluffton, South Carolina native, native has often been credited as a gifted super speedway racer, and while his results haven't always shown his impressive presence at or near the front of the field in ARCA and NASCAR competition, the two-time ARCA Menard Series winner is hoping his Hill Motorsports team can complete the task to start to finish this weekend. At Daytona, Dean, age 26, was hovering in the main draft of the 2.5-mile super speedway, but when the big one erupted, Dean was caught in the melee, and that's with a disappointing finish. This weekend, however, he hopes to avoid the carnage and earn a career-best NASCAR Dander RV and Outdoors Truck Series finish. As for a strategy on Saturday, Dean does not know yet. Mashana Apparel Company, a brand for those that live life wide open, will continue to support Dean's efforts in his second truck series start at the 2.66-mile super speedway. In addition to the Mashana Apparel Company, Dean will probably proudly recognize Officer Corey Willahan, who is not only a Gus Dean fan but a NASCAR supporter and quickly becoming a social media icon. Willahan, a Massachusetts patrolman, has topped over 1 million followers on TikTok and 50,000 on Instagram. The forms he has utilized throughout the pandemic to communicate with people on very, a variety of levels and topics. Wellhand's badge will be showcased on the number 56 Chevrolet Silverado, along with his name adorning the space above the passenger door. It will be an exceptionally busy weekend for Wellhand, too. He's marrying his fiance Leah, this Friday, October 2nd. The Chevrolet Silverado 250, 94 laps, 250.4 miles, is the 19th of 23 NASCAR Gander RV and Outdoor Truck Series races on the 2020 schedule. The 38 truck field will take the green flag on Saturday, October 3rd, 2020, shortly after 12 p.m. with live coverage on Fox Sports 1, FS1, the Motor Racing Network, Radio and Series XM NASCAR Radio, Satellite Radio, Channel 90, all times are local central. We're currently standing by for the program to go ahead and take a short musical break. Let's go ahead and listen to Dirt Track Racing from the Spit Crew. Yeah, we're free 
This is Jason Vines, author of What Did Jesus Drive? And you're listening to Thursday Night Thunder on the Speedway Digest Radio Network. And welcome back to Speedway Digest Thursday Night Thunder. This is episode 191, and it is October 1st, 2020. We're currently standing by for Gustine to call into the program. Hopefully he will be calling in in the next couple of minutes. Uh, he is going to have a busy weekend this weekend, racing in the Chevrolet Silverado 250, the 19th to 23 Gander NASCAR Gander RV and Outdoors Truck Series races for this season. Now, it's going to be an interesting race for sure, and it'll be cool to see him in the car again, in the truck again this weekend. He hasn't had the uh, the greatest of, of years in ARCA or in the truck series, but it'll be cool to see how he does, and hopefully he does really well. I did just play the Jason Vines intro there for the for the show for one main reason. Next week, we're pleased to welcome Jason Vines back to the program. He'll be discussing his new book, which I do not have the title of right now. I know he did, drive, did write uh, What Jesus Drives, What Would Jesus Drive? Um, but I don't know what his new book is. But we'll be discussing that with him next week. It'll be cool to have him back on the program. We'll also It'll be the first of four programs that we're going to have with the authors of Waldorf Publishing featured as one of the guests on the show. Uh, once again, I'm happy to have Waldorf's Publishing support Speedway Digest Thursday Night Thunder as one of our first and only sponsors. So that's kind of awesome. We've had a, a one other sponsorship opportunity in the past, but it's been several years now. 
So once again, I'm happy to welcome Waldorf Publishing back as a sponsor for the program, at least for the next four shows starting next week. It's really cool to have them back on the show. Um, the reason why I'm wondering is the fact that I'm sure most of you are probably aware by now, uh, NASCAR Cup Series will be returning to Bristol next spring, as they always do. But in the spring, they will be racing on a full dirt surface. They're going to put in a lot, lot, lot of dirt there on track. be interesting how they do that. I'm not quite sure. I know they've done it before. Um, the last time they did it, they ended up having some problems with the subsurface and actually had to repave the track. That could actually be part of the plan for this time as well. But we'll see how that goes. It'll be interesting to see how that goes. It'll be pretty cool. There have been a lot of changes in the NASCAR schedule for next season. We'll touch on those briefly at the end of the show. As I stated, we're currently standing by for Gustine to call in. Hopefully, he'll be calling in in the next moment or so. Um, we also have another a few other racers who are slated to be on the program in the future. Uh, Joe Graff, Jr., who has had a few uh, rescheduling things the past few times. He's tried to come on this program. One time it was a, a technical issue. Last week had other things pop up. Uh, he's scheduled, scheduled to be on the show in a few weeks' time, I believe. Currently, we had him slated to be on on October 22nd, which is roughly three weeks from now. So it would be cool to talk to him. He's been on the show before. He's been a, a pretty good guest on this program, and hopefully he has a, a lot of good things to say about his his current deal and what he'll be raising up till the end of this season and what his plans are for the future as well. We'll also ask Dean about that a little bit in a few moments. Um, it will be quite the thing next season with all the different changes in the racing schedule, and we're hoping that it will be a great thing for racing. We're hoping that this COVID-19 ends quickly and we're able to return to at least some better sentence of normalcy. It is starting to tweak a little bit now, but not as much as any of us would want. And now with that, let's go ahead and welcome Gustine to the program. Hello, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing well. How are you all? Thank you for having me on. Doing very well. Thank you again. Uh, first off, how difficult it for you to switch from racing ARCA to the NASCAR truck series? What's that now? I'm sorry. How difficult is it to switch from from racing in the ARCA series to racing in the NASCAR truck series? Um, you know, it's not that difficult um, with having a full season of trucks under my belt. I would say that, uh, you know, they are very different racing styles. You know, the trucks are much more aerodynamically dependent than the ARCA cars. Um, but, you know, the, the biggest factor is going to be, uh, you, you know, just switching from shorter tracks like Memphis and stuff like that, Bristol, to the uh, super speedway, um, you know, the trucks definitely are affected by the air a lot more than the ARCA cars. Um, but again, I, you know, having, you know, um, I think we're up to three super speedway races under my belt in the trucks uh, and much more in the ARCAs. Um, I, I think it'll be a fairly smooth transition and, and I'm excited about it. What's your average race weekend like? The, the, this race weekend coming up? Just an just an average race weekend, but this weekend coming up in specifically, sure. Uh, well, you know, I mean, it, uh, obviously everything's a lot different now with the COVID. Um, normally, uh, the race weekend would consist of me going to the shop, you know, making sure that the the guys have everything they need, everything's ready to go, uh, making sure everything fits me correctly. You know, that's that's on me if we get to the track and and you know something's not adjusted correctly or something like that, that's, that's definitely on the driver um, because, you know, that's our office. So we go in there and we make sure everything's how we want it. 
um, you know, going to the track, I try to be with the guys as much as I can, you know, to help them get through tech, just really get into the atmosphere, get into that into that mode. Um, and normally, you know, we would go through the, the practice and the qualifying and everything else. With the COVID now, we're obviously going straight to green, which is a lot different than normal. However, we have done it, um, you know, already this year in the ARCA series, gone to Talladega and just gone straight to green. Um, you know, I think that the biggest thing is, you know, a lot of these people don't have – a lot of the drivers out there this weekend aren't going to have a, a lot of super speedway experience, if any. Um, and, you know, definitely going straight to green uh, for your first time at a super speedway is is a uh, a mighty big undertaking. So I think um, the, the biggest challenge this weekend, you know, with, especially with the COVID-19 rules set into place is going to be, you know, just getting a few laps into the race uh, unscathed, you know, when everybody can kind of settle in, figure out how it's going to feel, how it's going to go, uh, and then we'll start making our moves from there and, and planning our strategy. You know, most tracks you can have a strategy um, leaning, leading up to the race, um, you know, that you can, you know, for the most part stick to uh, pretty well. Super Speedways, we always say, you know, they're the, the, the races that we plan and we plan and we plan. We have strategy after strategy after strategy. We talk to other drivers. Uh, we do all sorts of preparation that completely goes out the window as soon as the green flag drops. So um, it's, uh, that's, that's going to be something that's a little, little different, especially with the, with the COVID, uh, knowing that a lot of these drivers may not have any um, Super Speedway experience. What makes your sponsor for this week, the Mashon and Apparel, a good fit for race fans? Yeah, Mash on Apparel is a a company about race fans. They're about, you know, obviously drivers and of all sorts of motorsports, you know, motocross racers, race car drivers, um, mud truck drivers, anybody that, that would rather go out in their garage and work on their car or their truck or whatever project they may have, motorcycles, et cetera, uh, would rather do that than, than watch a movie or go out with their friends or something like that. So people that, that truly enjoy it, who are truly gearheads, who – can sit there and talk about car parts all night long and not be bored. That's what Mash On It is really about. It's about uh, people that that understand this life and that love this life, um, and you know it's the people that, that want to live life wide open. You know, they the uh, the old saying is is that the people that that are scared to live never really live at all, and the people who aren't scared to die live every day of their life. So. You know, it's about living life wide open, living life on the edge, and uh, and making sure every day we have here on Earth is is a fun one, and and uh, yeah, going wide open and having a blast. With that, let me throw you out to my co-host Michael Lally Capallo in Afraid of Washington, who's a racer herself, who has some questions for you as well. All right. So my first question for you: What has been the toughest track you've competed on this year? Well, um, I haven't gotten to race a lot this year, unfortunately, just because of the whole COVID pandemic and, you know, the fact that our sponsors don't really, um, you know, the sponsors I've had in the past, they don't really have a need to advertise to the public because they more advertise to distributors. And so they would sponsor the the races and use them as, um, you know, client events to bring their clients to um, with obviously the COVID pandemic, they haven't been able to do that, so they can't justify spending their marketing dollars on sponsoring a race car. So I haven't been able to race as much as we would like. 
Um, but as far as this year goes, you know, it's kind of a catch-22 because I would say Memphis for this year, for sure, we, we really struggled. We had some issues. Um, you know, it's just uh, it was just one of those weekends where it's not meant to be. Everybody has those in racing. But, but that was the second time I've ever been to Memphis, and the first time I went to Memphis, I won. So I, I wouldn't say that it was necessarily the track, just maybe the weekend and everything leading to. And what is your favorite racetrack food? My favorite racetrack food? Um, you know, I really try to stay. I don't really eat a lot on race day, to be honest. Um, I used to, I, I guess when I first started racing, uh, when I was five, I would, uh, I would get so nervous before a race that I would get sick. So I really started not eating much on race day. And even though I don't get nervous anymore because I've been doing it for 21 years, uh, that habit is just kind of carried through. But probably the best racetrack food I've ever had is um, at South Boston Speedway. They have a fried bologna sandwich that is out of this world. And being, you know, a, a southerner from South Carolina, that's, that's definitely a staple. So that, that's probably something that sticks out of my mind for sure. And my final question for you I looked through the mass on apparel a little bit because I was just kind of curious. And what is your favorite piece from that apparel company? You know, I love it all. Um, I, I really love the, the T-shirt, the design. Um, the hats are unbelievably comfortable, I will say. Um, they really hit those on the head. Probably my favorite as far as design has got to be the, the neck gaiters. That is a wicked design with the skull and the evil smile. That just fits, you know, right into to my type of style. So I really, and especially now with the COVID thing, I get to wear it not look like a weirdo. I can wear it to Walmart. You know, it's completely normal. So I, uh, I really like those neck gaiters. I have quite a few of them. Um, but, but I really like all of, the, all of their apparel for sure. The T-shirts fit really well. They're thin. Um, you know, a lot of T-shirts nowadays, they, you know, you have – some t-shirts that are a little bit baggy and a lot of people normally just end up wearing them to sleep in. I mean, you have those t-shirts that fit really well and you feel confident in when you go out and that's really uh, the t-shirts that mash on it has. So I really enjoy their, their t-shirts their pattern, their style. Um, I know I've talked to uh, everybody with mash on it and they're coming out with some new styles, some new apparel uh, coming up. Um, obviously they got slowed down with the COVID just like everybody else, but they are, have been designing the whole time and are fully prepared to, to launch all new lines, and uh, I really think it's going to start taking off. I'm, I'm excited to see what they come up with. Well, we'd like to wish you lots of luck this weekend in the in the truck series and hope you pick up a few more races for the end of the season. I appreciate it. Thank you. I do as well. <laughs> Have a great night, and thanks again. Yes, sir. Thank you all. Once again, that was Gus Dean. For more information, please visit GusDean.com. Like him on Facebook at Gus Dean Racing, and follow him on Twitter at Gus Dean. IndyCar officials announced the 17 race schedule for the 2021 NTT IndyCar Series, including expanded network TV coverage, two thrilling high-speed races at Texas Motor Speedway prior to the Indianapolis 500, and a return to its other pillar events. The 2021 season will begin Sunday, March 7th, on the streets of St. Petersburg, Florida, marking the 10th consecutive year that St. Petersburg will launch the new season. That event will be the first of nine races on NBC Network Television. That schedule also includes the historic Grand Prix of Long Beach in April. 
For the first time, the NTT IndyCar Series will race at the Texas Motor Speedway in the month of May during a doubleheader weekend, Saturday, May 1st, and Sunday, May 2nd. The move places a crucial oval on the schedule before the 105th running of the Indianapolis 500, presented by GameBridge, scheduled for May for Sunday, May 30th. The summer months kick off the Detroit doubleheader, moving to the second weekend in June, Saturday, June 12th, and Sunday, June 13th, while the Mid-Ohio Sports Car Course will host IndyCar during the July 4th holiday weekend. In August, the NTT IndyCar Series enters an important stretch with consecutive races on a street course, road course, and an oval, highlighting the audacious athleticism required to win a championship. That important run begins with IndyCar's debut on the streets of Nashville, Tennessee, for the Music City Grand Prix on Sunday, August 8th. The three-day International Festival of Speed and Sound will be staged on temporary Grand Prix circuit in downtown Nashville and around the Nissan Stadium campus, home of the NFL's Tennessee Titans. Just six days later, the NTT IndyCar Series once again will join NASCAR's famous Brickyard Weekend, returning to the road course at the Indianapolis Mars Speedway on Saturday, August the 14th. The three-weekend stretch culminates with a return to the oval at the Worldwide Technology Raceway on Saturday, August the 21st. Several traditional races return in 2021. Over half of the events of the NTT IndyCar Series schedule have been on the calendar for 16 or more years with Long Beach and Mid-Ohio, 36 years, leading legendary visits to Detroit, Road America, Toronto, and Portland International Raceway. The 2021 NTT IndyCar Series season champion will be crowned Sunday, September 19th at WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca, wrapping up the season on NBC 2021. On NBC, the 2021 event start times will be announced at a later date. Race car driver, crew chief, pit member, track owner, maybe you're just a huge fan of the sport. Contact either Michael Malika Palo or myself to get your spot on the show. After all, use every 15 minutes of fame, and we'd love to hear from you. The 2021 NASCAR Cup Series schedule was announced today, and like 2020, the Daytona 500, NASCAR's biggest and most prestigious event, will kick off the season while the Coke Zero Sugar 400 will again be final race of the regular season. The 63rd annual Daytona 500, which has had tickets on sale since mid-August, is set for President's Day weekend. Sunday, February 14, 2021, it will mark the 40th straight time dating back to 1982. The Great American Race has started off NASCAR's season. Just a week later, on Sunday, February 21, 2021, NASCAR Racing in the Sunshine State of Florida will continue with Homestead Miami Speedway moving to the second race on the schedule. Next year's Summer Classic Coke Zero Sugar 400 is set for Saturday evening, August 28th. Just last month, for the first time in history, the Coke Zero Sugar 400 served at the last chance cutoff race for the playoffs and delivered in dramatic fashion, must, <clears throat> delivered in the dramatic fashion. In a must-win situation, William Byron battled his way to his first career Cup Series win and a guaranteed spot to the NASCAR Cup Series playoffs. Hamlin can become the first driver in history at the 2.5-mile venue. Currently, along with Rick Gravetti, 1973-74, Kelly Yarborough, 83-84, and Sterling Marlin, 94-95, are the only drivers to claim two straight Daytona 500 victories. In fact, with a win, Hamlin would join Yarborough and four total Daytona 500 victories. Trailing Army Petty, who has seven. Hamlin already is a three-time Daytona 500 champion, also winning in 2016. Race fans travel from all over the globe to attend the Daytona 500 and have since its inception in 1959. 
This year's Daytona 500 in February had attendees representing all 50 states and 45 countries. Tickets for the 2021 Daytona 500 Classic start at $99 and can be purchased by calling 1-800-PIT-SHOP or visiting www.daytona500.com. Fans wishing to attend... Oops, oh no, I just... Fans wishing to attend the 2021 Coke Zero Sugar 400 can take advantage of an early access pre-sale. Available online or by phone, tickets for the general public start at $49 for adults and $10 for kids 12 and younger. Fans who attended the 2020 event can take advantage of even lower pricing when renewing by the deadline of December 4th. For ticket information on the Coke Zero Sugar 400, fans can log on to www.DaytonaInternationalSeaway.com or call 1-800-PITSHOP. With the Daytona 500 and Homestead Miami Speedway's event, it marks the first time since 1952 through 1954 that the NASCAR Cup Series has opened with the first two weekends, first two events of the year in the state of Florida. In both 52 and 54, the first three events kicked off the season in Florida, Palm Beach Speedway, the Daytona Beach Road Course, and Speedway Park in Jacksonville. The 53 season began at the Palm Beach track, followed by Road Course at Daytona. All three of these venues are no longer in existence, which is sad because I actually had the chance to go to Palm Beach Speedway one time before they did some modifications to it, and now it's just gone. It's horrible. Anyway, the full 21 schedule can be found at NASCAR.com. Scheduled for the NASCAR Xfinity Series and NASCAR Kimbrough Truck Series 2021 seasons will be announced in the near future. Start times and tailored networks for the Cup Series races will also be announced at a later date. Fans also have the opportunity to purchase tickets and multi-day packages with a fresh look for Speed Weeks presented by Advent Health. Tuesday to February 9th, the 43rd annual Bush Clash at Daytona, Daytona Road Course Under the Light. Wednesday, February 10th, Daytona 500 Qualifying presented by Kroger. Thursday, February 11th, the Dual at Daytona Qualifying Races. Friday, February 12th, the Next Era Energy 250 NASCAR Gander RV and Outdoor Truck Series Race. Saturday, February 13th, NASCAR Racing Experience 300, the NASCAR Xfinity Series, and Lucas Oil 200, driven by General Tire, Arthur Menard's doubleheader. And Sunday, February 14th, the Daytona 500, the Great American Race. Premium and extended stay camping packages include access to and general admission seating and the UNRH Fan Zone pre-race access for each event, excluding the Daytona 500. For all other events, children and trucker are $10 in reserved seating, and free and German missionaries and in the UNH fan zone free race access. Fans can stay connected with the Daytona National Speedway on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, YouTube, and by downloading the Daytona National Speedway's mobile app for the latest Speedway news throughout the season. Before we get into a brief racing discussion, let's go ahead and take another brief break here and listen to a selection from Ron Pistana and the pit crew. Let's see. This is Angel in Flames.
That was Angel and Flames by Ron Posan, the Pit Crew. You can go ahead and check them out by searching for them in the search bar of your favorite browser. They have a bunch of different songs out there, and I'm sure they'd appreciate your support. There hasn't been an awful lot of motorsports news this week. We did cover quite a bit of, of new stuff last week. Um, this week, there's, a, uh, there's always rumors going around about the future of, of racing and the future of different different events. We did cover the, uh, the new set schedule that's coming out for both IndyCar and NASCAR. Um, there are also different, different schedules for different IMSA events that came out in the past week. I reviewed that a little bit on SpeedwayDigest.com, so be sure to check that out there. The big news this week, of course, is still some, some overflow from the, uh, 
the announcement last week from Hamlin, Jordan, and Elva Wallace about their new team. Where Michael Jordan will be the, the principal advisor there for the team. Uh, Denny Hamlin will be taking a, a secondary role. He does have a, a current a former NASCAR team manager who's working as a, uh, a go-between for them. As of right now, there's not been any mention of who that person is. There is some speculation online. You can check out on Twitter if you're interested. There's always a bunch of stuff going on about that. Um, seems like there's more rumors than actual actual announcements, and that happens this time of year as well. Um, there are a lot of drivers in the in the NASCAR Cup garage. I believe they're up to six or seven now who haven't signed yet, including Kent Boyer. So that'll be a uh, another topic of discussion coming up. Um, we'll be looking into that this next weekend. I'm sure they'll talk about that a lot during pre- and post-race shows. The big thing, I suppose, was the announcement in IndyCar um, from James Hinchcliffe. He'll be driving for three races for Andretti this year. Um, that's a huge step for Hinchcliffe. Um, I don't know if it will last in the next season. I don't think it will. Because Hinchcliffe seems very interested in being in the broadcast booth, really interested in competing behind the wheel. If he, if he does really well these next three races, that could be a totally different story. Also in IndyCar news, the uh, Sebastian Bourdais, uh guy who's been on this program before, who will hopefully be on it again in the future, uh, resident of St. Petersburg, formerly of Le Mans, France, there, is uh, going to be racing for A.J. Foyt. Starting for the next race of this season, he'll be racing all of next season in IndyCar there for AJ Foyt Racing. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Um, personally, I think that uh, that Bourdais has had some issues this past year, or he doesn't seem as comfortable behind the wheel car, and I think that's kind of why he ended up losing his ride. Um, but you never know; it could be a a new beginning for him with AJ Foyt. AJ Foyt does definitely have the money and support to put a good car underneath him, and it'll be good to see how he does next year, as well as this the end of this season. Now, we didn't cover much on this show tonight, but it is a good thing that uh, St. Petersburg will be having fans in the grandstands there at the end of this month, I believe it's the 23rd and 24th of October. Um, as most of you know, that is one of the, that's the race that they basically ended right when the COVID-19 quarantine type stuff started. The cars were in St. Petersburg ready to compete, uh, there were some rumors that the uh, the road to Indy people were going to actually run on the track, and they didn't. So uh, they've been waiting a long time to get back to St. Petersburg. Uh, there will be roughly 20,000 people in attendance there at the track. Um, they're also going to be selling additional tickets, so I'm not sure how many people kept their tickets from the, the March event and how many people are going to be new attendees there. But with 20,000, that's a pretty good amount. I know that the state of Florida has recently gone to the phase three plan of reopening, which basically opens up a lot of stuff here. Um, it eliminates some of the social distancing requirements. It'll be, people start to wear their masks and all that, but it eliminates the social distancing. It makes it a little bit easier to pe put people into grandstands and that sort of thing. So, especially temporary grandstands and grandstands that have moved in and out. And they're, they're worried about the spacing for that because it, it costs a lot of money to rent those sort of things. Um, it'll be cool to see how that goes at the end of October. I'll be watching it here at home, either on NBC or on the NBC Gold app. I'm not sure which. Um, probably a little bit of both, actually. 
IndyCar also has a race this weekend, which will also be available on NBC as well as the NBC Gold app. Uh, it'll be on USA Network, actually, tomorrow afternoon at roughly 3 o'clock p.m. I think it's 3.30, actually, is when they, the green flag starts through the race. So be sure to check that out on the USA Network tomorrow afternoon if you're interested in IndyCar. And the big news, of course, from the National Hot Rod Association recently is the fact they lost their sponsor. Um, Metal Yellow is no longer the title sponsor for the National Hot Rod Association, although they do have some mention of it still on their website and that sort of thing, but I know that they are no longer the sponsor of the, of the series. Um, that is a huge hit for the NHRA, and hopefully they're able to find a sponsor soon. I know that they're, they're well, they published report about the purses for the National Hot Rod Association, which should be from roughly $50,000 for a pro-class winner to $16,000 for a pro-class winner. Now, everybody knows that the National Hot Rod Association brings huge crews to their, their events. They rebuild the engines pretty much after every run, and it costs an awful lot of money. Now, if they're not getting paid but, but a third, roughly, of what they were making before to win the race, uh, that doesn't work out economically for some of those teams, which I think is part of why part of why John Force Racing has decided to sit out this year. Now, hopefully they're able to come up with a new sponsor before the beginning of next season. I don't know. I know that they've got some features out there. I know that I've heard I've heard some things that the uh, they could be look, talking to Marcus Lomonas there of Camping World. Um, and since Camping World is changing their sponsorship there for the truck series, perhaps they're going to step up in both NASCAR and the National Hot Rod Association. But you never know. A lot of things going on there. Weird time of year. So what sort of exciting motorsports news have you been following out there? Nothing really news-wise. Everything's still all screwed up because of the virus. For whatever reason, Washington can't seem to figure it out. But there is the Fall Classic this weekend in Yakima, which is going to feature the Super late models, mini stocks, thunder cars, I think, and there was one more class, I think. But that's a three-day event, which is actually pretty cool. We were actually going to go to that, but, you know, duty calls at the resort. So other than that, like I said, the COVID stuff still has everything all screwed up here, so there's nothing really too interesting other than the fall classic, which will be pretty cool. It does sound interesting. So the the COVID nineteen is is really a complicated issue, and it's being held it's being dealt with differently from state to state. Um, I don't think there's really a any answer as to what the right answer is. Um, in Florida, the there's one way of looking at it. In other states, there's definitely other ways of looking at it. Um, personally, I think that the it's a there's a lot of personal responsibility. Um, if you feel comfortable going out and doing things, then you can go out and do things. Um, restaurants here have opened up to 100% capacity, which was interesting to see, to say the least. Um, so if you're not comfortable with that entirely, then you can go to go to a little bit different off time, I suppose. Uh, we tried to hit, hit the restaurant earlier yesterday, and we still ended up with somebody right next to us by the time we were done, um, which is, is still kind of an iffy thing if you think about it. But if you have no clue where they've been, all that sort of stuff. But you never know. Um, other stuff about COVID-19, the fact that the the Cruise Line Industry Association has their no-sale order for cruise lines that expires on Halloween. 
um, the end of this month. The federal government, the CDC, has also extended their no-sale order to Halloween if this the end of this month. It was originally supposed to expire yesterday. There was actually some talk of extending it until February 1st. So that's sort of them punting it to the next administration, which was you know, whether, the, whether the president is reelected or whether Biden takes over. They didn't want to deal with it this time, so they just want to punt it off to, to February 1st. I think that the the best thing to do for that sort of thing, for the cruises, is to allow them to reopen. Because if you, if you extend it out to February 1st, they will have been closed for nearly a year. There aren't many industries in this country at all, anywhere, that can survive at any level whatsoever and be closed for 11 months. Now, the, the Walt Disney Company is dealing with that right now, with the fact that they've been closed in California for roughly seven months. They can't sustain that. Um, I actually thought that early on in February, in March, I thought they wouldn't be able to stay closed for more than two months or three months. But they've been closed for seven months. They're laying off 28,000 people effective today. Um, I know the airlines are laying off probably triple that in the next few weeks. So um, it's really going to be a tough time in the economy. The fact that the, the Canadian border is closed for non-essential travel and that sort of thing, so people won't be coming down from Canada to spend any money. I know that's a big thing where you are. That's an even bigger thing down here with people having their, their winter homes, all the snowbirds and all that. So it's going to be tough uh, for some people in the next few months. Even though it seems like it's getting better, there's a pretty dark side to it as well. Hopefully the light side gets better than the dark side. Um, at least with the world of most sports, it seems like that's happening, although there are still some cancellations I'm hearing about every so often. Uh, they're trying to work around it. And they're trying to do that sort of thing. Um, as we mentioned last week, they are going to have the uh, the return of Monster Jam, which would be pretty awesome. I believe that's at the end of this month. And we're going to have at least one person on from the Monster Jam series to talk about that, hopefully in the next two weeks. Might end up being three weeks, but we'll see how that goes. So hopefully things are, are turning around. Hopefully it's a, it's getting better. Uh, hopefully people are starting to return to a little bit more of a semblance of normalcy, although it's definitely not normal, which is unfortunate, but it's one of those sort of things you have to learn to adapt and change, and hopefully things get better sometime next year. Fingers crossed, knock on wood, and all the happy stuff there. And with that, be sure to check out past episodes of Thursday Night Thunder, as well as the other shows on the Speedway Digest Radio Network at blogtalkradio.com slash speedwaydigestradio. And I have no clue when the pit stop radio will return to the airwaves. I'm hoping it returns sometime this season, but that is another victim of COVID, and it might not return until next year. We'll have to see. Be sure to check out past episodes of them on blogtalkradio.com slash speedwaydigestradio. However, it does have some pretty awesome stuff from them there. You can also check out the show on Facebook by searching for Speedway Digest Thursday Night Thunder in the search bar. I also invite you to, search, to read all the covering all aspects of Mars Sports at SpeedwayDigest.com. I have had some time recently to update the Speedway section of SpeedwayDigest.com with a couple of new articles national racetracks, and also a lot of racing news, all the different results from the past few weeks in IMSA, as well as IndyCar and a little bit of other series. So be sure to check that out there. In addition, if you're a fan of Soft Lord and who isn't, be sure to check out the latest news and information for our slice of paradise and my site for Borplum's fantastic finds. It can be found on Facebook, Twitter. The easiest way to find that, of course, is by going to at pbhappening, one word, and by heading to borplumsfantasticfinds.wordpress.com. 
got a bunch of amazing stuff on there right now. Uh, some new information about some uh, some things that Palm Beach County is doing to try and uh, and make things a little bit better. Some green market news, which are kind of cool, and a few other interesting tidbits from theme parks and that sort of stuff, as well as some Halloween stories. I recently did the uh, the Scream and Stream in Kissimmee. I did a full review of that, which you can check that out. It came out really, really well. It's a great event. And then if you're anywhere in South Florida or Central Florida, for that matter, be sure to check that out. Thank you for listening. And we look forward to seeing you again next week in the Thunderdome as we discuss the major issues in the world of modern auto racing. Have a great night. Thanks again.